Hey. Day 115 today, Eric. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Some of you have been very faithful. Some of you have been doing this for 480 days. Yep. And some of you could have been doing it just for four days. Yeah. Either way. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for joining us. We're very proud of all of you. We are two semi-ordinary pastors mm-hmm. reading an extraordinary book yep. to an amazing group of people. Preach it. That should be a t-shirt. No. No. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it should. That's it should really definitely good. be a t-shirt. <laughs> How how we has it just, had any new T-shirts lately? And we've been saying that forever. That's been consistent. And on the T-shirt, it needs to say two semi-ordinary pastors," and then in parentheses, "That's us yeah. reading an extraordinary book." That's, that's this. this to some amazing people. Is that what we say? Incredible yeah. people, amazing people, amazing people. Yeah. And that's you. That's you. It needs to say it in parentheses. Yeah. Okay. Well, we need to get that T-shirt. Whoever's listening out there, I think. Well, if I had to is guess, that, I would say that Allison, that our Allison producer, John? is is probably is already on it. I hope she's, she's got a. She said she was in contract negotiations with Shein, oh. the the Chinese clothing company. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah, she wow. said. Yeah, she said that they're really interested. She's getting out there. Yeah, yeah. That's I think good. Actually, it's big, been a while. Big shout out to Allison because I think she's big. in China right now with them, brokering a deal, talking about that. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. I like that. Really appreciate you, Allison. That's good. She gets the big bucks. Ni hao. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I know I, does. I hear people say it, ni hao. I, I hear that too often. Yeah. I don't even know if it's Chinese or if I, I don't know accidentally being racist. I'm not. No. On purpose. Never. Okay. Right, hey, we're going to keep going we here. we got to get at it today, Eric. Yeah, we got to read 2 Kings what, Chip? 2 Kings chapter 6. Yeah. Verse 8. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah yes. Through chapter 8. Yeah. That's where I get confused. Through verse 24. Yeah. Okay. That's what we're going to do. We're doing it. When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, We will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, Do not go near that place, for the Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that they would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this. He called his officers together and demanded, Which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord the king, one of the officers replied. Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, Even when the words you speak in the even the words you speak in the privacy of your own bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that hillside around Elisha, that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. As the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Then Elisha went out and told them, You have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me, and I will take you to the man you are looking for. And he led them to the city of Samaria. As soon as they entered the city, Elisha prayed, O Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they discovered they were in the middle of Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elisha, My father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? 
Of course not, Elisha replied. Do we kill prisoners of war, give them food and drink, and send them home again to their master? So the king made a great feast for them and sent them home to their master. After that, the Aramean raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. Sometime later, however, King Ben-Hadad of Aram mustered his entire army and besieged Samaria. As a result, there was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 pieces of silver, and a cup of dove's dung sold for five pieces of silver. One day, as the king of Israel was walking along the wall of the city, a woman called to him, Please help me, my lord, the king. He answered, If the lord doesn't help you, what can I do? I have neither food from the threshing floor nor wine from the press to give you. But then the king asked, What's the matter? She replied, The woman said to me, This woman said to me, Come on, let's eat your son today. Then we will eat my son tomorrow. So we cooked my son and ate him. Then the next day I said to her, Kill your son so we can eat him. But she has hidden her son. When the king heard this, he tore his clothes in despair. And as the king walked along the wall, the people could see that he was wearing burlap under his robe next to his skin. May God strike me and even kill me if I don't separate Elisha's head from his shoulders this very day, the king vowed. Elisha was sitting in his house with the elders of Israel when the king sent messengers to summon him. But before the messenger arrived, Elisha said to the elders, A murderer has sent a man to cut off my head. When he arrives, shut the door, keep him out. We will soon hear his master's steps following him. While Elisha was still saying this, the messenger arrived. And the king said, All this misery is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Elisha replied, Listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, six quarts of choice flour will cost only one piece of silver. And twelve quarts of barley grain will cost only one piece of silver. The officer assisting the king said to the man of God, That couldn't happen if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. But Elisha replied, You see it happen with your own eyes, but you won't be able to eat any of it. Now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die? They asked each other. We will starve if we stay here. But with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. So at twilight, they set off for camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of the great army approaching. The king of Israel hired, hired the Hittites and Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. So they panicked and ran into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, and everything else as they fled for their lives. When the men with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing, and they hid it. Finally, they said to each other, This is not right. This is a day of good news, and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall upon us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. So they went back to the city and told the gatekeepers what had happened. When out, We went out to the Aramean camp, they said, and no one was there. The horses and the donkeys, tethered, and the tents were all in order, but there wasn't a single person around. Then the gatekeeper shouted the news to the people in the palace. The king got out of bed in the middle of the night and told his officers, I know what has happened. The Arameans know that we're starving, so they have left their camp and have hidden in the fields. They're expecting us to leave the city, and they will take us alive and capture the city. 
One of his officers replied, We had better send out scouts to check out check this out. Let them take five of the remaining horses. If something happens to them, it'll be no worse than if they stay here and die with the rest of us. So, two chariots with horses were prepared, and the king sent scouts to see what had happened to the Aramean army. They went all the way to the Jordan River, following a trail of clothing and equipment that the Arameans had thrown away in their mad rush to escape. The scouts returned and told the king about it. Then the people of Samaria rushed out and plundered the Aramean camp. So it was true that six quarts of choice flour were sold that day for one piece of silver, and twelve quarts of barley grain were sold for one piece of silver, just as the Lord had promised. The king appointed his officer to control the traffic at the gate, but he was knocked down and trampled to death as the people rushed out. So everything happened exactly as the man of God had predicted when the king came to his house. The man of God had said to the king, By this time tomorrow, in the markets of Samaria, six quarts of choice flour will cost one piece of silver, and twelve quarts of barley grain will cost one piece of silver. The king's officer had replied, That couldn't happen even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. And the man of God said, You will see it happen with your own eyes, but you won't be able to eat any of it. And so it was. The people trampled him to death at the gate. Okay. Elisha had told the woman whose son he had brought back to life, Take your family and move to some other place, for the Lord has called for a famine on Israel that will last for seven years. So the woman did as the man of God instructed. She took her family and settled in the land of the Philistines for seven years. After the famine ended, she returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to see the king about getting back her house and land. As she came in, the king was talking with Gehazi, the servant of the man of God. The king had just said, Tell me some stories about the great things Elisha has done. And Gehazi was telling the king about the time Elisha had brought a boy back to life. At that very, at that very moment, the mother of the boy walked in to make her appeal to the king about her house and land. Look, my lord the king, Gehazi exclaimed, here is the woman now, and this is her son, the very one Elisha brought back to life. Is this true? The king asked her, and she told him the story. So he directed one of his officials to see that everything she had lost was restored to her, including the value of any crops that had been harvested during her absence. Elisha went down to to Damascus, the capital of Aram, where King Ben-Hadad lay sick. When someone told the king that the man of God had come, the king had said to Haziel, take a gift to the man of God. Then tell him to ask the Lord, will I recover from this illness? So Haziel loaded down 40 camels with the finest products of Damascus as a gift for Elisha. He went to him and said, your servant Ben-Hadad, the king of Aram, has sent me to ask, will I recover from this illness? And Elisha replied, go and tell him, you will surely recover. But actually the Lord has shown me that he will surely die. Elisha started at stared at Haziel with a fixed glaze until Haziel became uneasy. Then the man of God started weeping. What's the matter, my lord? Haziel asked him. Elisha replied, I know the terrible things you will do to people of Israel. You will burn their fortified cities, kill their young men with a sword, dash their little children to the ground, and rip open their pregnant women. Haziel responded, How could a nobody like me ever accomplish such great things? Elisha answered, The Lord has shown me that you are going to be the king of Aram. When Haziel left Elisha and went back, the king asked him, What did Elisha type? Haziel replied, He told me that you will surely recover. But the next day, Haziel took a blanket, soaked it in water, and held it over the king's face until he died. Then Haziel became the next king of Aram. 
Jehoram, son of King Jehoshaphat of Judah, began to rule over Judah in the fifth year of the reign of Joram, son of Ahab, king of Israel. Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he ruled in Jerusalem eight years. But Jehoram followed the example of the kings of Israel and was as wicked as King Ahab, for he married one of Ahab's daughters. So Jehoram boo, did what was evil in the Lord's sight. But the Lord did not want to destroy Judah, for he had promised his servant David that his descendants would continue to rule, shining like a lamp forever. During Jehoram's reign, the Edomites revolted against Judah and crowned their own king. So Jehoram went with all his chariots to attack the town of Zer. The Edomites surrounded him and his chariot commanders, but he went out at night and attacked them under the cover of darkness. But Jehoram's army deserted him and fled to their homes. So Edom has been independent from Judah to this day. The town of Libna also revolted about that same time. The rest of the events in Jehoram's reign and everything he did are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. When Jehoram died, he was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Ahaziah became the next king. And that is the end of our reading today. Yeah. Also, Ahaziah is a big old boo, just to be clear. Okay, thank you. We were wondering that. Well, I want to make sure that people can fill out their little sheets. Yeah, we were wondering. All right. Hey, everybody. We've got two questions. What's up? And how y'all doing? Uh, Those aren't the questions, Eric. Oh. I couldn't remember, so I just tried to think of questions I thought would be really important. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, what are the real questions? Uh, What is this telling us about God? And what is this telling us about us? Okay. So, Chip, what's it telling us about God? Yeah. Okay. Um, very interesting story. So I try to pick out something here as we go along and connect together. Um, I'll, I'll say say it this way. There's no, there's no fear with God. Now, we are to fear and respect God, but fear in the sinful negative sense of things. Mm-hmm. There's no fear with God. You know, um, Elisha and, and other men of God are called to do things for God. I mean, he was called man of God. Um, I think that was his title, part of the prophetic piece of his life that people knew of him. But we all should kind of have that, 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 that title, like a man of God or a woman of God. I pray that my kids are men and women of God and the merry men and yeah. women of God. Yeah. And, yeah. and so that I want that to define them. And to get to the point, you know... Um, that he had no fear. This man of God, Elisha, had no fear. And neither should we. Right. There's no fear with God. So, you know, it's kind of like when I was a kid, you know, my dad was, was stronger than any other dad out there. Yeah. My dad can beat up your dad any day, you know. And it was like, you know, my dad, in my mind, you know, there was no fear. He was the best. And we should approach God that way. Like, there's no fear with God. He can do anything and everything. He's amazing. He's all powerful. So I jotted down some things in all the stories you read today. You know, no fear with God when it comes to, to war or famine or sickness or death or wickedness and whatever else we read through today. Sure. Those are just a few that we went through in our stories. But, uh, you know, we're experiencing a lot of that today. War and famine, um, sickness, death and wickedness. Even in our day today, yeah, you know, we're seeing that, you know, uh, maybe in our, our country, but definitely across the world. Mm-hmm. And it could really spark fear, worry. So we do stupid things when we're afraid of things and we don't trust God. But there's no fear with God. That's where trust and faith come in. God's in charge. He's bigger than your dad. He's bigger than your God. <laughs> and he can handle anything. And I'm siding with him every day. And so 
it says here, you know, Elisha told him, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because we have God on our side and he can handle anything. And faith really is the opposite of fear. You know, faith really yeah. is the opposite of fear. Mm-hmm. And you could even say faith is the godly reaction to fear because, you know, we're, be. we're going to experience fear. It has to be. And then we can either submit to our fears or we can have faith through our fears. And so I would say maybe it's yeah. not the opposite, but it is the godly reaction to fear. Yeah, that's a good way and, to say it. And, you know, we read a disgusting story in here and just the casual nature of the way these women are talking about eating their kids. Yeah. It's so casual. That's what gets the king to burst into tears or, right. or whatever he did. It's just this casual, I'm so afraid that I'm going to starve. Yeah. That this is never going to get better. I'm so afraid that I'm going to take this drastic, uh, irreversible measure. Yeah. And there's a casualty to it. And so what I was going to say is, because it gets worse than that, what I was going to say is, you know, if we're not faithful today, we are going to regret it tomorrow. You know? And so if we're not faithful in the face of fear today, we're going to regret it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Because they eat this kid. Yeah. And then just sure. a couple days later, you can get right. quarts and quarts of flour for a, one piece of silver. Mm-hmm. If they had been faithful that day yeah. and just suffered through it and sure. knew that God was going to be there on the other side, that kid would be like, who could live with that? Yeah. We're seeing that today. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely. What abor- that's what abortion It is. really is. It's we're caving seeing, into fear over faith. Mm-hmm. And we're putting our children on the altar of it. Yeah. But, you know, and, and on a, the altar of many other things. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got parents who won't say to their kids, no, you, you're a boy. Right. Right. And so there's irreversible damage yeah. done yeah. in the face of fear because we don't want our kids to have to struggle. So we just cave in in fear. Yeah. And if we had just been yeah. faithful for a little longer, God yeah. would show himself to us. Yeah. And so it's not just about kids, not just about hot button issues of of you know transing the children and abortion it's not it's not just hot button issues like that i mean we maybe maybe your marriage is really hard and so you're you're like god my marriage is too hard i'm gonna start to look at online dating in secret i'm gonna go over here i'm gonna do this because i don't have faith that you're gonna come through in my marriage and then you do something you can never take back Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then god shows himself faithful and then you're like you're stuck with what you did you know, just be faithful a little bit longer, mm-hmm. and God will show Himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to say That's in the good. army, uh, "I'll quit tomorrow." Mm. <laughs> you know, so if you're out in a big training event, things are hard. You know, you everything in you is just screaming to quit. Yeah, I'll quit tomorrow. Okay, I'll give up tomorrow. You know, and then the next day, you know what you do? You wake up and you say, "I'll quit tomorrow." Okay, and you just keep giving yourself to the faith that God is going to show Himself mm-hmm. in this situation and in, in this thing. That's very good. Um, so th- yeah, in the face of fear, we show faith, and we always show it just a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. You know, just a little bit longer. God is as faithful as we're challenging you to be. God is ten times more faithful, infinitely more faithful. Yeah, and some of you can really testify. You know, faith has got you where you're at today. Mm-hmm. You would just have, you would be the first to admit it. Some many of you that are listening and going through stuff. It's my faith is carrying me through. My faith in God, who can do anything, is carrying me through. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, so we're proud of you for that. So just be faithful one more day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, proud of you guys. Good. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Good challenge. Yep. Hey, thanks for joining us today. And uh, Chip's gonna. Chow down on these Blocks Energy Chews. Yeah, we still have a few Blocks Energy Chews here that have been given to us. 
by some raving fans. Yeah. And we're very, very thankful. I got two left. And uh, they're, they're, they are intense. They're good, though. They are Those good. are good. Well, you, I, I got two left. You can have one. No, I, I ate my three. Well, okay. Well, we'll see. Uh, and, Eric, I still have some Honey Stinger Energy Chews. I'm happy for you. I'm pacing through these. Like, yeah. Pacing through these. Me, too. They're very good, though. My pace is zero more for the rest yeah. of my life. Oh, zero more. Yeah. Wow, that's intense. <laughs> that's crazy. All right. Well, thanks for showing up, Eric. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of how your dad can beat up my dad, uh, happy wow. anniversary to my parents today. Hey! All yeah. right. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Uh, don't ask me how many years. Okay. I don't know. I won't ask you. My sister's 40, so more than that. More than 40 years? Uh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, maybe maybe okay. 41, 42. Maybe. Somebody's got to know. I don't know. I can't imagine who. <laughs> okay, yeah, oh, proud of you, Mom and Dad. Thanks yes. for being married. Have a great dinner tonight. Please don't get beat up by Max. Yeah, don't go to Zinzetti's. That's <laughs> a great. That's a great Zinzetti's. Seriously, it's a great Italian upscale Italian buffet. It's in the Overland Park area, maybe Olathe. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's very good. It's not far. It's not. You know, it's not. You know, like your buffet you think of, it's terrible. This is very good. I mean, it is and like Tuesday, it. though. And you'll call. Yes, yeah, okay, they're open. <laughs> 5 p.m. They open at 5 p.m. And they're very good. I've been there many times. There's two uh, locations, Denver and uh, Kansas City area. Well, let me Zin see Zetis, this. It's spelled Z-I, no, it's not Z. C-I-N-Z-E-T-T-I-S. Mom, Dad, if you do that today, yep. I will send you the money. Okay. You, you, you send me the check. Right. And I will send you the money, Mom and Dad. If you go and do that today, mm-hmm. not tomorrow, yeah, today, yeah, I will pay for it. It's fifty bucks because Allison's already said that she'd reimburse me for that. Yeah, fifty so. bucks. Well, that's good. So it's it's about forty, and then tip, forty eight. Yeah, so give him fifty. Sounds great. Very nice. I mean, if, if I'm tipping, <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you're, if you're tipping hundred dollar tip. <laughs> that's twenty percent. It's good. It, they will love it. Okay. I've never told you about that no. yet. Zinzetti's spell starts with a C. And it is amazing. Wow. It is so good. It is located on Metcalf. Well, I'm surprised you haven't told Hannah about this because this I, is a very much a Hannah her. thing. Yeah, I discovered it in Denver many years ago, and I discovered they have a location in Kansas City. And so we go there often. Okay. Many times. We so mom and dad, if you go there today, you send me a picture of the receipt, yeah. I, will, I will send you the money. <laughs> yeah. And you're welcome. Yeah. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>